This is the theme for the Minnesota. There's not as much production cause I need a smile to workload. The episode is mini, but the laughs are normal sized. And if it isn't funny, keep in mind it's improvised. Oh yeah, we're calling it a Marvel Minnesota. But that Marvel part's misleading, optimizing SEO. Will we cover Marvel movies? There's just one way to know. Like, subscribe and download the Marvel Minnesota. Hello and welcome to the podcast War Tennis Shoes, a podcast where we watch and rank all 1,823 movies on Disney+. Plus. But not today! On other days we do. Today we are doing a Marvel mini-sode. Why are they called Marvel mini-sodes? Well, <laughs> because the second worst thing on the internet is people talking about Marvel movies. So when we have to talk about Marvel movies, we try to do it as quickly as possible. Hence the mini-sode. But today we're not even talking about a Marvel movie. No, we're not talking about the second worst thing on the internet. Instead, we're doing the worst thing on the internet, talking about a Star Wars film. <laughs> we are doing a Marvel mini-sode on the Star Wars Holiday Special 1978 why? Because it's May 4th. It's Star Wars Day. This is how we celebrate here at the podcast War Tennis Shoes. We watch what is probably the third worst Star Wars film. <laughs> you are not wrong. Rob, how are you doing today for this Marvel minisode? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I did have to watch this Star Wars holiday special. And so not very good in that respect, but I'm doing pretty good. How about you, buddy? I'm doing all right, Bob. You doing okay? You survived the Star Wars holiday special? This is my second time watching the holiday special. For our listeners, here's an explanation. Why are we talking about the holiday special? Because the holiday special is not even on Disney+. Plus. Well, to that I say, eh, technically part of it is, because the cartoon titled The Faithful Wookiee, which is... 10 minutes or so, five minutes of this thing, is on Disney Plus under the Star Wars vintage heading, which they try to pretend is in no way associated with the holiday special, but we know better. We know that that's actually just the Star Wars holiday special. I didn't know better. The rest of it has been removed <laughs> and is no longer available, but you can find it by just putting it into anywhere in Google and finding like tons of high resolution copies of the single television airing from November 1978 that is now available anywhere on the internet. So I had sort of briefly skimmed through it in the past when I found out, oh, this is on the internet, I should check it out. And after realizing how bad it is, I was like, I should check it out on Fast Forward. So I <laughs> vaguely knew what happened in it, but I hadn't really watched it because I was like, this is bad. I don't want to watch it. So this is my first time sitting down and watching it. And Rob, had you seen this before? No, I had never not seen a frame of this. The only thing that I know about it, it was some sort of mythical thing that people talked about that exists somewhere, uh, but that was truly terrible, only aired once, and was some sort of like collector's item, uh, you know, some rite of passage that you had to watch if you were a true fan or something. Me, I'm the guy who could take or leave Star Wars, never searched it out, I was never interested in it. So this is literally the first time I have ever been exposed to anything about the Star Wars Holiday Special. I have a custom-made bootleg Blu-ray 
This Blu-ray box set also has custom-made cover art to match the THX VHS releases. And this one is Chewbacca on the front right center, or left center, as all the THX ones were released, with Lumpy in the background in the bottom. You should also say that, but you actually had the option to watch it with the original commercials that aired as well. Yeah. Which is what we did. I'm imagining, Sean, yours also had the commercials in it, but I'm wondering... No, mine edited them out. You should tell me what... Oh, dude, honestly, the the commercials are the best part of the special. Oh, fuck, tell me what they were. Do we jump to the best? <laughs> we'll, we'll save that one for last. Okay. So there's different commercials peppered and throughout it. There's lots for women's garments and women's undergarments. Like one's about how you can just be thrifty and you can be thrifty with your eyes. Because everyone very... knows that women are the prime audience watching a Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. The best one is this one of a man in like 70s clothing sitting on a box being like, there's a time where men made things in this country. A time where men made women's garments that women wear, and there are some people that want to take that power away from America. So when you buy these women's garments, look for this tag, because you know it was made by hardworking people in America. And then all these people just come together and sing this little song about the clothes workers. It's a union song. It's a 70s union commercial from when there was actually still manufacturing in America. And you're like, oh, that's kind of sad. I'm watching this now, this commercial, I'm, I'm, this is the saddest part of this episode. <laughs> What I like about that description is that it implies that they sold every single commercial to women's garments manufacturers. <laughs> and then at some point people realize, wait a second, it's mostly men watching this quickly. We need to get a women's garment commercial that is aimed at men. <laughs> Tell them they're fighting the Chinese. This was another one that there's an advertisement for a chocolate bar that I don't imagine lasted very long about the oh, baseball yeah. player. Fuck, I should have looked up Reggie. his name. Uh, his name's Reggie. Reggie Jackson. Is it Reggie Jackson? It's Reggie Jackson. Uh, Reggie Jackson holding up a chocolate bar called the Reggie that they gave him after winning the World Series. Funny enough, just the other night, my wife and I were scrolling through Amazon Prime to see what was on, and there was a documentary just called Reggie, and Alicia was like, "It's a, it's a, what's about the chocolate bar guy from the?" <laughs> <laughs> and it is. That's how he's always going to be known now. <laughs> chocolate bar guy from star wars holiday special yeah there's like ads for like other shows that are going to be on there's like some show called like the flying high or the mile high club um which is just about oh, yeah. people having sex on and off planes from what it's i got itchy in that because <laughs> <laughs> it would explain a lot what, what was the news break it's a news break about like coming up on the news at eight o'clock tonight or news at nine whatever it happens to be there's a news article about like soviet leader brezhnev and all the horrible things he could be doing to america the next one is about the possibility of russia having a hydrogen bomb and the newscaster no, says, no, Bobby. Oh, it's a, it's a neutron bomb. Yeah, it's a neutron bomb. Yeah, it's not a hydrogen. It's a neutron bomb. And she's like, and to be specific, this is the bomb that destroys people and leaves property. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third news story is 11 inches of snow in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> story one is about Brezhnev. Story two is about the bomb he has that will kill America. And then story three is about snow in Minnesota. Yeah. There are only three things that happen today. The broadcast was actually sponsored by General Motors, so there's tons of General Motors ads peppered through this about, like, people on the production line, about, like, prices of new cars. Oh, yeah. No, they filmed specific, like, things. They went to one of the plants where they made the cars, and they're like, this is Danny. Danny is a jack-of-all-trades. He fills in for people when they're off the line. It's like a day in the life of this guy. They're, like, filming him as he's doing all these different jobs. He's like, I'm proud to work at GM. We're a family here. And it's like... And then you're like, oh, that's sad. That's before they closed all these plants, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then we will now get to Rob's favorite ad. Oh, my God. It's the best ad. Colonial Sean. wine. Colony wine. Colony wine. It's the best ad. There's a man in a dark room who turns to the camera and says, I'm an amateur photographer. And I only take photos for myself, because I'm not out to impress anybody. And he leaves the dark room to his living room and he says, And I feel the same way about my wine. <laughs> it's a bottle of colony wine. And he looks at the camera and says, For that taste that just says, You know. <laughs> it's like 
quality wine. It tastes like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Not trying to impress anybody. This wine is not trying to impress anybody. (laughs) Quality wine. You know what it tastes like. It tastes like wine. Fuck it. We're selling this to idiots. Well, they are watching the Star Wars holiday special. How smart can they be? (laughs) Holy fuck, that's funny. Oh, it's so good. Their slogan's like, fuck it, it's wine. (laughs) (laughs) We went down this rabbit hole of watching other Colony Wine commercials later where there's one of a guy loading into a plane being like, Colony Wine. Sure, we lost it for a while. We sold it, but we've got it back. And now the factory's back in the hands of the workers. It's bizarre what yeah yep. i want to understand the lore of this wine manufacturing company yeah the whole backstory here that we need to learn all right tune into the next marvel minisode when we give you the history of colony wine <laughs> in between learning about women's garments and the wine that's tastes like you know can we change our podcast slogan to it's the podcast that's you know <laughs> in between all of that unfortunately there's uh the Star Wars holiday special. In 1977, Star Wars became an absolute phenomenon to the extent that all of the sketch comedy shows, all of the late night shows, all of the interview shows, the Tonight Show, Saturday Night Live, everybody was doing Star Wars sketches and people couldn't get enough of them. Mark Hamill was on the Muppets doing Star Wars sketches. That was after this. That was a few years later. But people loved riffing on Star Wars in a comedy context. And so Lucasfilm wanted to get in on that, and Fox wanted to make a Lucasfilm-endorsed Star Wars variety show comedy special. A comedy special? Yeah, that was the, well, a variety show, but yeah. That's their idea of comedy. Okay. There are steps (laughs) that take you down this garden path towards what we got. Lucas saw it as an opportunity to actually make something that he found interesting. I stress he found. He's an odd duck sometimes. (laughs) Is that reference to the film he won't talk about, Howard the Duck? (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) Lucas has interesting interests, and he just sometimes pursues them. He makes projects where you're like, it's interesting you decided to make that. The project isn't interesting. It's interesting you decided to make that. Howard the Duck is one of them. Star Wars Holiday Special is partially that, because George Lucas's pitch for this is to make a Wookiee film. The film would be entirely in the Wookiee language without subtitles. So it would basically be a silent film. He's always trying to make Star Wars into silent films. <laughs> like, no, that's what he wanted to do with the prequels. He was like, they're basically silent films. Because he's like a weird arty guy, but he's he's an arty guy who has a billion dollars. And so he doesn't listen yeah. to anybody. He developed a treatment with some writers. So there was a script for this. Do you know what's so much worse than a silent film? A film that isn't silent, so you can hear the people talking, but the people talking are just shouting at each other like Wookiees. (laughs) That's the most grating noise without understanding what they're saying. Technically, the language is called Shiriwook. Okay. So Lucas developed treatment with some writers, and that treatment involves Chewbacca going home to his home planet of Kashyyyk with his family to prepare for Life Day. That was in the original treatment. But the script involved his son, Lumpy, getting lost in the woods. Chewbacca has to go into the forest to find him. And then he, you know, he comes to realize what's important in his life, his family, or some some stupid fucking holiday lesson like that. Yeah. And so this was the premise that he gave the studio as they were developing this thing. And he was like, and you guys can figure out how to put variety stuff in there. Like, he actually (laughs) kind of put together like a Star Wars story. Okay. 
And then they threw it out. None of that is fucking in there. Now, there is credits to screenwriters, but I am very certain that there was no screen. <laughs> Everybody at Lucasfilm has denounced the project and said that they had the only involvement they had was giving them access to props. Beyond just quality, like every single line of dialogue is delivered as if it's improvised. Mm. And every single sequence is structured as if it's an improv sequence. Like, I do not believe there was a script for this. Um, there is one review, uh, that I had read, I think it was like an NPR or a pitchfork review that had summarized the film as, I'm not convinced this film was not written by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> Which, if you go into that, makes a lot of sense. And that bag of cocaine's name is Steve Binder. So Steve Binder is the director of this movie, if you can call it a movie, uh, most famously known as the guy who directed the 1968 Elvis comeback special. Okay. Oh, okay. So this guy makes a mark on society every 10 years. 1968, one of the biggest concert films of all time. 1978, this. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do in 1988? <laughs> More cocaine. We don't need to run through the plot of this. There is no plot. We're going to do it fast. It's a mini-sode. So this movie opens ostensibly with, you know, the little freeze frame. Here's who you're going to meet. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special with your favorite characters, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. And then he turns towards the camera and smiles and his teeth glimmer. And then um, yada, yada, yada is in it. And it's like, with special guest stars. And that's when this thing starts getting bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> the special guest stars are Beatrice Arthur, yep. star of Maud. Future star of the Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. Art Carney, the neighbor from the Honeymooners, playing what is actually the lead. Yeah. Yes. He's the tradesman. He's the tradesman who has all of the dialogue. Yes. <laughs> because everyone's a fucking Wookiee. The whole thing is on his shoulders. They brought in Art Carney to lead the Star Wars film. Yep. Harvey Corman shows up to play every role. This is why it's improvised. Yeah. Like they had Harvey Corman. They're like, now we're going to put a different silly hat on you, Harvey. <laughs> You're a new character. And I was, it's funny because I was like, oh yeah, Harvey Corman. And then he showed up and I was like, oh, he should not have shown up in this film. <laughs> and then stock footage that we cut out of A New Hope. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special. And was it Carolyn King and Jefferson Starship? Yep. And you're like, oh, Jefferson Starship, performers of the worst song ever written. We built the city on rock and roll. <sighs> well, I don't know, man. That might be only the second worst song ever written because I've heard the song that's in this movie and it's also pretty bad. I was at least fortunate to discover that What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas was not actually part of the Christmas special because I always thought it was. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Are you old oh, Bobby? So Bobby, that bad Bobby. I'm not gonna play it, I, but you gotta talk about it because it is part of this garbage lore. There is a Christmas album that came out in 1980, which I believe was written by the same person who did the song Galactic Funk, which is the disco Star Wars song that has actually been used in some Star Wars video games. It is a Christmas, a Star Wars themed Christmas album with the song, What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Has a Comb? The album stars Anthony Daniels because <laughs> He's been in everything that is related to Star Wars. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Did you guys know about things that George Lucas just makes because he wants to? His idea for Strange Magic came up because of the song We Built the City on Rock and Roll. That was his first suggestion. Wait, so George Lucas has made two bad movies based on Jefferson Starship? Yes. Wow. Okay. This one is at least so bad, he said, like, he has openly said if he could destroy every bootleg DVD in the world, he would. <laughs> I told them to just make it based on that song. They didn't listen. <laughs> I'll have to do it myself. <laughs> Bob, how does this movie start? This movie starts with Rob laughing his fucking ass off at the fact that <laughs> the treehouse and Kashyyyk Chewbacca's family lives in is just like a 1970s condo. <laughs> 
There's nothing fucking Star Wars-y about it. And I can run through the plot in about two seconds. The plot is them watching things on one of these seven televisions they have in this house. Eight. There's eight TVs, Bobby. There's eight different TVs. While they wait for Chewie to get home. Yeah. It's just them going to a different TV and then watching another skit. It's just like, hey, I bet you didn't think we had another TV. Jokes on you. So many more TVs. <laughs> so I just want to point out that the plot of this movie posits that Chewbacca is the worst absent father. The worst. Because he comes home for one day a year. One day. And the rest of the time, he is hanging out with Han. Yep. The rest of the time, he is running drugs with Han Solo. <laughs> Which is why his house has eight televisions in it. <laughs> because he's coming home with spice money once a year. Man, I laughed so hard at that because I was just like, so is it just going to be like a treehouse? No, it's literally a condo. <laughs> it's got a sunken living room. They've got a stove. They have eight different televisions. Because it's a treehouse, it's all wood paneled, which is just how everything was in the 1970s anyway. Holy fuck. I actually made Bobby. I made, They had to pause it and rewind because I was laughing too hard. At that. I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I could tell you I was not expecting that. So, the whole movie, 100% of it, is the Wookiees talking to each other in Shiriwook, which you can't understand, as they wait for Chewie to come home, and then every five minutes of nonsense, they go to a new TV and watch a new TV show, which you then watch and at least get five minutes of an escape from the Shiriwook. <laughs> which, which I will quickly point out that televisions do not exist in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> There are no TVs or video screens. It's all hollow projectors and holograms. They don't have TVs in Star Wars. I guess because they're all at Chewbacca's house. Well, they also don't have the Latin alphabet in the Star Wars universe, but that sure shows up a bunch of times in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Text just goes on screen. Prepare for new TV show coming up next. Yeah. Not a single line of Arabesh can be found, but uh, plenty of Latin. Okay, so let's just go through the TV sketches. We've explained the plot. The plot is the Wookiees waiting for Chewie to come home and they watch TV. So what are the TV shows that they watch? Can we talk about his family? Because these are new characters okay, that are... let's talk about his family. Uh, Lumpy. Son Lumpy, his father, Itchy. Itchy, who is the scariest thing I've ever seen. That man spends the whole movie eating his own face. <laughs> And keep in mind, they're just grunting at each other. It's so scary. And then what's what's Wookiee's, what's the wife's name? I've forgotten. Mala? Yeah, right, Mala. So they do have canonical full names. So just like Chewie is short for Chewbacca. Lumpison. Itchbacca and Lumpaka? <laughs> it's... Malabaka. No, his son's uh, Shiriwook name is Lumpawaroop. Okay. His father's full name is Ethichituk. Okay. And his wife's name is Malatabuk. Okay. Otherwise known as Lumpy, Itchy, and Mala. Yeah. The special starts off with... Uh, <laughs> fuck. This, this stupid Cirque du Soleil thing on the chessboard. This one is a hologram, to be fair. This one is. It is a hologram, but this is also a chessboard. This thing only exists to play chess, unless you have, like, Chewbacca's cocaine money version, which also <laughs> projects holograms to different part of the house. <laughs> And this goes on for, like, seven hours. It is the worst of all of them. Uh, no, the Jefferson Starship one is worse. That one is at least, like, they make it look like it's a sci-fi rock show. This one is just tumblers. <laughs> it feels a lot like an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where the mailman comes along with a new VHS, and he's like, this is a VHS I brought you, Mr. Rogers. It's of tumblers. Yeah. <laughs> What's the second television show that they watch? That is a video chat with Luke and R2. The second one is them doing the video chat. And Luke is in whiteface. 
He has so much makeup on that he's in white face. I don't know if you can say white face. I guess maybe you can say white face. <laughs> to me, it was just like, they just he's just caked on a makeup and it's bad lighting. He is wearing a lot of makeup and I'm pretty sure it's because this was after his motorcycle accident. It, it, I think you are right, yeah. Uh, he had a really bad motorcycle a- accident that disfigured his face and he still has a very large scar on his face. Um, and so I assume he was heavily caked in makeup to try to cover what was probably still a very disfiguring scar. There was an interview with him like shortly after A New Hope where he they didn't like part of his face because he just had the accident. And this, I would imagine this is probably after the surgery, okay, so they're probably gotcha. trying to cover some I of gotcha. that up. All right. Yeah, whatever. Mark Hamill's in it for two seconds and then he's not. It doesn't matter. R2-D2 is also credited as R2-D2. I will not have this Kenny Baker erasure. I think I did read that Kenny Baker actually wasn't involved in this. Yeah, but Kenny Baker wasn't involved in A Force Awakens either. They still credited him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I did like this because it's like the introduction of what this movie, this holiday special is about. And it's just three scary monsters screaming at different TVs. <laughs> yeah. And Luke's just going, whoa, 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 not all at once. Oh my God, what's happening? Ah! <laughs> okay, so after they have a video call with Luke, then what's the next show that they watch? Um, The next show they watch is the video call with the shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wall customers. Yeah, his wall customers. While the Empire is buying a comb that's a vibrator and <laughs> everything. <laughs> See, Art Cardi clearly is improvising that yeah like it's yeah. just this junk on a table and they're like art just improvise a scene where you're selling something to this imperial officer and it's not funny so i do have a note about this one and it's uh it's who are these guys and why do we care it's never answered i will point out that they pronounce kashik kazook in this it's probably because they didn't have a script supervisor and they just pronounce whatever way they want they didn't have a script they had like platters of cocaine our carney's constantly doing this <laughs> yeah. like in every scene he's like the thing uh the, uh, the kazook uh the one with all the whys the word that has the most <laughs> amount of whys in it what's it called kazook sure like that's every scene and it's like he clearly didn't have a script there's this other stupid bullshit where like the empire thinks that rebels are coming to kashik and the empire is on kashik and they're going door to door knocking on all the trees i don't know it doesn't make any sense <laughs> Going around tree to tree. Art Carney shows up to bring Itchy his porn. I think the porn now is what happens, right? Uh, no, 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 it's the slop bucket first. Slop bucket? It's the cooking show that she's making all the shit in her slop bucket. You get the introduction to Harvey Corman in dragon blackface, and it is the most uncomfortable thing to watch. <laughs> it is painfully not funny, and you can tell that he or no one else involved in that scene has any idea what they're doing. No! There's no scripts. Of course not. Somebody put makeup on them, and they're like, okay, Harvey, you're an alien, and you're doing a cooking show, and go. Is this the worst sketch? I don't know if it's the worst song, but it might... I can't even tell. I think Harvey Corman as the robot is worse. Yeah, that one's pretty boring as fuck. I found that so excruciating. The, the special is bad, but every time Harvey Corman is on screen, it somehow gets worse, and you're like, oh, fuck, not him again. <laughs> okay, so now we finally get to the porn. So the next one is porn. The next one's straight up porn. Like, we made the joke, is like, oh, what's that, like, headset for? Is like, you just didn't watch some, like, VR porn? And then we were like, oh, that is what happens. <laughs> he watches porn. In the middle of the living room. In this Star Wars holiday special that aired on CBS that families gathered around at dinner time. Because this was the first Star Wars you'd had since A New Hope. And it's Chewbacca's father watching porn. This monster that's eating his own face. (laughs) It's Chewbacca's father watching porn. In the middle of the living room. It's really, really long. It goes on for so long. It's such long porn. On Christmas. <laughs> the Itchy's deepest, darkest fantasy is to fuck a human woman. Surrounded by his daughter-in-law and grandchild. And you start to realize that this is the, like, Chewbacca is never home, and he leaves his wife and son alone with his father, who spends his days masturbating in the living room in front of them. <laughs> this is how he celebrates Life Day every year. <laughs> what has 
Chewbacca done to this woman? Right? <laughs> this woman is practically a single mother who has to raise Lumpy alone while Chewbacca's <laughs> off running drugs with his buddy. And Wookiees live a long time. Like, as far as we know, like, Lumpy's probably, like, 27 years old at this point. <laughs> he's still a child. <laughs> Chewie has also forced Mala to take care of his sex pervert father. Yes. <laughs> That's like 10 minutes of this movie. It's so fucking strange. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. So after the porn, what's the next thing they watch? Is this when the Empire shows up? No, it's Carrie Fisher, I think. Oh, they have another video call with Carrie Fisher. Oh, they do. Yeah. That's right. And she's somewhere. With yep. Anthony Daniels. And she's like, hey, what's up? Yep. Whatever. I'm in this too. Bye. And then the cops show up. And then the the Empire shows up. They're looking for rebels like Chewie. The, the other gift that our Carney has brought is... A, another TV. <laughs> another, another TV. A, a smaller TV that only plays Jefferson Starship songs. Yeah. The worst gift you could ever give somebody. He's like, I brought you two two gifts. A TV and a second TV to go with your other five TVs. Yep. And then you watch the Imperial officer watching a Jefferson Starship music video. <laughs> well, he like kind of bobs his head and they're like, no, you're into it. You're into it. And he just kind of moves his head a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm... I'm into this. <laughs> and Lumpy has a little transmitter thing. That was his Life Day gift. That gets smashed. It gets but, smashed. But he doesn't know yet. He's downstairs watching another TV. <laughs> <laughs> then this is where he watches the cartoon. So he's downstairs, surrounded by a bunch of people from the Empire, watching a cartoon starring his father that is about him being a rebel. <laughs> Like, this is diagenic. This is a real cartoon that takes place within the world that somebody made about an adventure his drug-running father had with, like, wanted rebels. And he's watching it in front of all of the Empire people in his own house. This is rebellion propaganda. They have invested in yeah. creating this cartoon. There are animators that have animated this story about the heroes Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and their friend Boba Fett. It was made by Nelvana. Yeah. Which was interesting. And Boba Fett is actually voiced by Don Frax, who we all may know as the voice of Sabretooth in the 90s X-Men cartoon. Nice. Just like anything else, if you want to find an actually good part of the Star Wars holiday special, you got to find some Canadians. Because <laughs> Nelvana, the Canadian animation company, made the faithful Wookiee. You might know them as the people who did the 80s Care Bear cartoons. Or nice. Babar. Or the droids and Ewoks Star Wars shows. Or Fievel's American Tales. Or Donkey Kong Country, the animated series. Or Clone High, season one. Fuck yes. They've done everything. The importance of this cartoon within Star Wars is this was actually the world's introduction to Boba Fett. He had been in, like, a Macy's parade or something a few months before. Yep. Someone had him in costume, but this was actually the introduction you got to Boba Fett before he showed up in The Empire Strikes Back. The Mandalorian's gun is a callback to Boba Fett's gun in the cartoon. The thing I find so fascinating about the Boba Fett generation, the creation of it, is that he was designed by uh, Joe Johnston. Oh, yeah, right. Along with some of the other um, costume designers at uh, Industrial Light and Magic. And originally, he was designed because after Star Wars was a huge success and Lucas wanted to get started on the sequel and he wanted to go big, his instructions were, I want a cooler stormtrooper. Mm. He was like, we're going to have cooler stormtroopers in the sequel so that people are like, oh, this is even better. There's cooler stormtroopers. And so Joe Johnston made a cooler stormtrooper and it was Boba Fett. And the problem they had was 
it was just prohibitively expensive. And Lucas was like, well, we can't have one stormtrooper. Like, if we're if this is going to be the super stormtrooper, we need to have a scene where there's, like, dozens of them. Yeah. And they were just, it's too expensive to make dozens of these costumes. And so then they reverse engineered a new character because George was like, but we need to use this somehow. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nelvana apparently takes credit for the design because it was, when they got it, it was still just a white stormtrooper. And it was like this, but a different thing. Crazy. You, you, this is the part you can't watch on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if I could say it's good, but compared to literally everything else oh, yeah. in the Star Wars Christmas special, this is the fucking Empire Strikes Back. Easily. I, I can say, though, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's not good. It's not <laughs> good. in comparison. <laughs> After watching the Star Wars holiday special, I actually went and watched the pilot to the Star Wars droids show. Because I was fascinated. I was like, what What are the other bad 80s Star Wars things like? And it's also not good, but it's way better than this <laughs> faithful Wookiee weird shit. After the Stormtroopers or whatever smashed up the upper area and uh, Lumpy's toy, then he watches a uh, instructional video on how to fix his toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine someone pitching this? And it's like, and then we watch an instructional video. Like, the shit that nobody wants to watch. The shit that is literally work. The shit that mm-hmm. is like, oh, God, I have to fix my drywall. Ugh. Yeah. Put in the VHS. And then I guess they were like, oh, but Harvey Corman will make it funny. No, he didn't. Harvey no, he didn't, didn't sell it. This is unbearable oh. to watch. This yeah. is the low point for me. Yeah. And I said, wait, they have lifelike robot. They're called droids. Droids. The different types of droids in the universe are they have R2-D2 type droids, they have C-3PO type droids, and they have Harvey Corman. They also have gonk droids. Yeah, and gonk droids, but Harvey Corman is the only Cylon-type human replicant. I gotcha. I was just going to say, do you think C-3PO gets jealous that he's just this golden fuck and there's like a human-looking one? No, if anything, Harvey Corman is jealous of C-3PO. C-3PO is a golden god. He's literally worshipped by Ewoks. If I had to look like C-3PO or Harvey Corman, I think it's a pretty (laughs) easy choice. Next one is the um, go to the place where everybody knows your name. (laughs) This is my favorite. This is my favorite part of the whole special. Like everything up to now is so dumb, but this like takes the cake for dumb. This is like a level of dumb that is almost genius. This almost makes me want to recommend watching the show. <laughs> because the Empire is searching for Chewie by like looking in couch cushions and shit. They're like, is Chewie in here? No. Look at the is other the, couch cushions. Is the seven foot tall hairy monster <laughs> under the couch. And so they spend this entire special like just like rummaging through like cupboards and like, you know, utensil drawers looking for Chewie. Then the TV comes on and it's like, announcement. This is a mandatory TV show from the Empire. All Imperial officers have to stop what they're doing to watch this TV show. (laughs) So the Empire makes everyone in the universe. Stop. (laughs) Yes. Stop. And And they have to watch (laughs) this fucking... It's like really bad sitcoms set in the Moss Eisley Cantina. Where Harvey Corbin has a volcano for a head. It would be like if Ronald Reagan went on TV and was like, everyone is required to stop what they're doing and watch Cheers. <laughs> it's so funny. And then uh, Dorothy, sorry, uh, B. Arthur sings Closing Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. This is an opportunity to look at how awesome the costumes from A New Hope were. It would be if they actually put them on properly or lit them in any sort of way that made them look <laughs> they good. They still look like good costumes. Rick Baker is actually credited here. Like, this was before he was a big name, because he was like the second unit 
costume makeup guy in A New Hope. All of his insert shots of the costumes he did for the Moss Eisley Cantina scene were not filmed in England. They were filmed in California, where they just made suits, shot them as inserts, and put them in on the movie. It had no connection to the stuff they were shooting in Pinewood. It's amazing work, and that's why he broke big after this. He did American Werewolf in London a couple years after this. And then won the Oscar. (laughs) For that. This scene is very strange because canonically, the rest of the stuff, as bad as it is, could ostensibly exist in the same universe as Star Wars. They watch an actual in-universe uh, Jefferson Starship perform another song. But again, that's a band performing a song. In this scene, B. Arthur just busts into music like it's a musical. And that's taking place in the universe. I guess. It's true. At least she has a band backing her. So you think she's like a bartender who also just sometimes sings to people? I think so. <laughs> That's the only explanation for this. Are we getting near the end? Is there any more TV shows they watch? I think this is the last of the sketches and then... Yeah. Lumpy tricks most of the Imperials into leaving by broadcasting a message for them to return to base. One of the Imperials is too smart for that. He sticks around. But then Han and Chewie show up and throw him off of the treehouse. And he does a Wilhelm scream, I think. Yeah, there is a Wilhelm scream. And uh, which Robbie didn't recognize. <laughs> I did not. He did not. I pointed it out and he went, oh, is that what that is? He's, he's ear blind. We've already discussed this. Then Han very reluctantly says, you guys are my favorite people in the whole world. And you you understand why he was like, no, no, no. If you're going to do this again, just freeze me in carbonite. Never bring me back for another movie. <laughs> <laughs> then they hold a bunch of globes in the sky and are transported into space. I don't understand how this thing ends. Happy life day to you. They all our dreams come true. And then Han's there too, even though he left. He's like, I'll leave you guys to it. I got to go to the Falcon. He's like, and by the Falcon, I meant wherever this <laughs> yeah. is. Does Luke show up too or no? Oh yeah, Luke's there. They're yeah. all there. We're all here. It's, 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 it's the metal scene from A New Hope, but it's all Wookiees and they're in a tree. And then it thankfully ends. Yeah, pretty much. It was only ever aired once ever in every region because it is the worst thing ever made. Yep. Although still only the third worst Star Wars film. Yeah, it's it's somehow both the worst thing ever made and the third worst Star Wars <laughs> film. So don't ask us how how the math checks out. It just does. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to rank it because it's not actually on Disney Plus and the part of it that is the Faithful Wookiee is a short so we don't rank that either. Uh, well, I did rank it. <laughs> and All it, right, but this isn't a real ranking. This isn't going no. in his list. But if you were to rank it, where would you put it, Rob? Uh, I would put it below Million Dollar Duck, but above Avita. I did not finish Avita. It's not better than Avita. Although I will, no. Would I say this is better than Unidentified Flying Oddball? I don't know. Probably not. It's probably not better than that. <laughs> when I was looking at it, I was actually probably going to put it somewhere in the upper, like the early 30s. <laughs> Only because I have seen this film now twice. And I imagine at some point in my life, I may end up watching it again, just depending on who wants to watch it, which cannot be said for anything below Taylor Swift's folklore. So that is no Babes in Toyland, no Ant-Man, no Lion King, no Avatars. So this movie is somehow the worst film ever made, the third worst <laughs> Star Wars film ever made, and like the 13th worst film we've covered on this podcast (laughs) i think that says something about the quality films we cover on this podcast anyway tune in next week for another episode of the podcast war tennis shoes where we probably watch something that odds are is going to be worse than star wars holiday special (laughs) it's a coin flip is it going to be worse than the star wars holiday special the worst thing ever made the math checks out tune in next week and find out that's the show if you have a suggestion for a movie we should cover next time, send us an email at thepodcastwartennisshoes at gmail.com. We can also be reached on Facebook and Twitter at podwar, that's at P-O-D-W-O-R-E. 
And if you like the show, give us a good review on your podcast platform. It really helps us out. We hope you tune in next time. Thanks. It's a terrible name for the show. It's worse.